Oh, man. Steve-O? Mm. Is that you? Yeah, it's me. What happened? Did you run over by a bus? <laughs> yeah, the Easter bus. <laughs> it might have been the Holy Week bus. I'm not sure. But uh, I'm feeling it today. You ever had a... You ever, you ever had an Easter hangover? I'm going to show you how to operate in a spirit. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. Hey, are you happy? Now that's a great question. Does the sun set high? Does the sun set high? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. Happy Monday after Easter. It's Easter Monday. Even if it does feel like a hangover. It's Easter Monday. By the way, in case you're wondering, when we say Easter hangover, this has nothing to do with alcohol. Right. Okay. This might shock some of you guys. It might shock nobody. But I have never had a hangover. I have never, except for Easter hangover. <laughs> I've never been drunk. None of that stuff. But I tell you what, man, after Easter hits, it's just like, it just, it wears you out. You know, it just, and I think... That's where we're at, man. A whole week of a lot of people going through Lent, giving up a lot of stuff. And then you have this great big, huge party, you know? Yeah, it reminds right. me of this. Happy Easter! Party! It's my day off. Party! It's my day off. You know? That's what it's like. It's like, it's a party, you know? And we throw this great big, huge party. I mean, Easter's crazy. Christmas is like, it's like good news all the way up. But in Easter, maybe it's because you got Lent, you're giving up all this different stuff, right? But Good Friday and and the, the the betrayal and all that, you got a lot of negative stuff. Then Sunday morning comes, right? And then the celebration is, I mean, a lot of churches start at a sunrise service and they start early, man, and they party hard, just like that. This Tony Campolo's famous message, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. You know, that's that's what Easter week is. Yeah, yeah. the crucifixion, and mm-hmm. it looks like looks like it's bleak. It's the end of the road. It's it's the end of everything. And then Sunday comes, and it's like you said, it's party. Then when the adrenaline wears off, right? For most ministers, it's Sunday afternoon. For other yeah. people, it might happen later. But when all the adrenaline of all the party and all the celebration, and you know, he arose and all the lights and all the stuff that we have going on, then all of a sudden you you, you just tend to crash and hit that. Easter hangover, kind of like yep. you ever get one of those, you know, chocolate bunnies, you know, in your Easter basket, yeah. you know, and it's this big, right? right? It's huge, yeah. you know, and you're like, dude, this is going to feed me for a month of chocolate, you know, score big right. time, right? Yep. And then you take a bite out of the ear, poof, yeah, it's it's like air. It just, yeah, if it, it, and it's all hollow. If you were to melt that chocolate down, you'd probably get enough to make a Cadbury egg and a Reese's peanut butter cup. Right. So. I think I think make I think they make those whole hollow bunnies just out of one Hershey's kiss. That's my hunch. Seriously, seriously, because it's it's like that thick. Right. <laughs> so, and so I thought I thought on on the Monday after Easter we should talk about this because I think sometimes Easter when we make it all about this big production and all the lights and all the hype and all that type stuff, I think we miss out on. What, what it really is supposed to, I think it, it's a hollow bunny, you know, and I think people get disappointed because Easter's done and then we go on and we live our life like we've always lived our life. Or another way to look at that, Sibo, is, I mean, even in the Old Testament, God 
got built parties into the whole structure of their Right. Life, right. And they were parties, man. They were, he told them, you're going to party for a week. You're going to party for two weeks. You're going to bring the best oh, food, yeah, the best yeah. drink. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the whole community yeah. right. took it off and they just partied as a community for, could you imagine that? I mean, yeah, they were parties. So in fact, God, God made it clear. You are going to party. You're going to party on these. There's a commandment. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to party on these. Intervals. They think about God. They think, they think of Lent. They think, God, you got to give this up and you can't do this and you can't do that. Yet yeah. God told them several times a year, it is in, it's, it's required. You yeah. will That's right. party. You must party. No, you don't ever see that on the 10 commandments tablets though. Right. Number 11, thou shalt party. <laughs> right. But if, but if you follow all those commandments, those commandments aren't there to con- restrict us. They're there to free us. Exactly. You follow those commandments. You are free. The yeah. party. You know what this reminds me of? Rule number one, don't slow me down. Rule number two, I'm in charge. And you're going to carry your own weight. You are in charge. Exactly. Hey, what's rule number one? What's rule number one? Party. <laughs> <laughs> I it's love that. Um, and I think that's kind of how we are. We, we Religion is all about, you got to do this, you got to do that. Okay, God, what are the rules again? And God's like, party. Party. Because <laughs> he wants to party. That right. was the point of Easter, right? Absolutely. And and the, the darkness before the party, the darkness before the resurrection. But when he came out of that grave, man, that was a party. That was the party. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, you're talking about, did you finish your thought on the party? We were talking about the contrast between the big production of Easter and then going back to your regular life. That, that, that does feel like a reality hangover, right? Yeah. Um. But there's really, there's really nothing wrong with the party. In fact, God commands that there should be a party. I think the problem, what we need to face, or maybe what we're going to address even today, is that, yes, we, we party like there's, it's 1999 or right. however you want to party. But when, when reality sets in and you go back to work and you go back to your family and you go back to the, the drudgery of real life, which is how it feels much of the time, then what do you do with it, right? So Jesus right. is alive. Jesus rose from the dead. Hallelujah. Indeed. Now what? And you got this great big huge chocolate thing in front of you. You're like, this is going to be awesome. You buy an internet and then it's empty. Tuesday hits, Monday hits. Yeah. You get the Easter hangover. You know, you get the life hangover. Right. You just get the what just happened. But that song that we've been playing, you know, the party, happy, be happy. Because you know what? When When you do the first part of the song, the last part of the song happens. Like you said, the Ten Commandments, they're not there to restrict us. They're there to free us, right? So when we do the first part of the song that we've been playing, then you get to the last part of the song. And the first part of the song is this. You ever heard this one? Does anyone want to go waltzing in the garden? Does anyone want to go dance up on the roof? Right? And that's really what, what I want to talk about. I want to get your opinion on this. Happy Lifer, I want to apologize to you. I, maybe I don't need to apologize, but normally when I bring someone like Joe on, um, I have this big introduction and I, I let you guys get to know who he is first. Um, we've already done that, Joe and I. We just haven't produced it yet. <laughs> I mean, right. Joe and I have already yeah. recorded an episode where, where we are talking and, and you get to know our relationship and how we know each other. And, and you're going to love that. That is coming out very soon. And I still have that in, po- in pre-production. I've got so many podcasts that are recorded that I've got to edit right now. And with Easter coming, and we got these ideas, and all of a sudden Joe and I were talking. I'm like, I've got to do this with Joe. I've got to bring Joe on. 
And uh, so that's why we did last Wednesday, Holy Hump Day. And then when I got this idea for the waltzing in the garden today, I was talking to Joe and I'm like, I got to bring Joe back in. I thought, but I can't bring Joe in because I haven't introduced him yet, but I don't have time to put out the podcast before Easter and all this stuff. And as Joe and I were talking, we're just like, you know, forget it. We will. So I will introduce Joe later on. uh, But right now, just know he's my friend and we've gone back decades, right? I'm not saying we're old or anything, but. (laughs) <laughs> what did you say? Speak oh, up, I can't oh, hear you. What? Anybody see my teeth? You said you, you got a Christmas wreath. <laughs> Howdy, folks, and welcome to the high-speed roller coaster ride called Happy Life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm supposed to be having an Easter hangover. I don't need your laughter right now. Oh, Isn't my that head. how you handle it, though? I mean... When, when you're yeah. going through something tough and difficult, you need to laugh. You need to relax. You need to you need someone to grab you, pick you up, and set you back down again. And that's kind of what Mojo Studios is all about, which is which is your thing. It's what Happy Life Studios is all about, which is what we've created. And we're we're doing it together. It's like Mike Mojo and Happy Life Studio. We're we're like the same same brand, the same same thing. They're like the same. We're twin sons of different mothers. Twin brothers of different mothers, right? Right, right, exactly. But the whole song to get to the party at the end that we've been singing. The first part of the song is, does anyone want to go waltzing in the garden? And then when you look at Easter, right, you have, we talked about this last Wednesday on Holy Hump Day on, and Monday, you say Monday, Thursday, right? Monday, right. Monday, Thursday. Which is the night of the Last Supper, right? And then from there, he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. Yes. And here Al Jarreau is, and we tagged on it a little bit last our last week's bonus podcast, but that's why I wanted to bring you back on because I wanted to go deeper into this whole thing. I think that the answer to the hollow Easter being like a hollow chocolate bunny, I think the answer to an Easter hangover, however you want to word it, you know, you know, there's there's something more that God is big, that God is supposed to be love. He's supposed to be, but then why do I feel hollow? Why does this thing just seem so empty? Then that's kind of what religion does. Religion takes a relationship and it it, it builds all these rules and regulations. It it turns it into something that it's not, it it, it can tend to make it hollow. You've got to fill that hollowness. And when when it comes to, so you got the Garden of Gethsemane, right? But that's where Jesus went to go meet his father. Here's so here's the answer to the Easter hangover. You got a waltz in the garden. I mean, Jesus knew he was about to be betrayed, he was about to be tortured, he was about to be falsely accused, he was about to be spit on, beat up, um, murdered, honestly. He was about to be hung on a cross. He knew all that was coming. He knew that was coming. And so where did he go? He went to the garden. And he went there to go talk with God the Father. That's how he got through stuff. He he went and talked to his father. He went to talk to God. And God came and ministered to him there. Actually, jump in real quick and just tell us about the whole Maundy Thursday. You know where I'm going with this, right? But you did a whole podcast on it. I'll put the things in the show note. If you just search Mojo Studio, you should be able to find Joe, M-O-J-O-E. But talk to us a little bit about that whole Maundy Thursday and why it's so vital. Yeah, yeah. So in in my podcast, which you can certainly link to, and it probably would be uh, very helpful, but Maundy Thursday, Steve hadn't even heard of it until we had a chat just a few days ago. And he's been a Christ follower his whole life. I happen to know of Maundy Thursday because I, I came through a Catholic tradition in my childhood. But Maundy Thursday for very traditional churches um, is just the way they name Holy Thursday or the night of the Last Supper. But what people don't understand is the Last Supper gets all the attention, right? Leonardo da Vinci puts it on a painting and, and you know, people celebrate the Last right. Supper with communion. Communion reminds us of the Last Supper every time we take communion. But it's what happened after the Last Supper 
that in my podcast, my friend John suggests, and I, and I tend to agree with him, that what happened in the garden that night on Monday Thursday is arguably more important than even the resurrection on Easter, Easter Sunday, which, of course, that's, that's what a provocative statement that is. But what he says is, with, right. as, as Steve said, with all of the knowledge that Jesus had, the foreknowledge of the, the, the pain, the torture, the agony that he was going to go through, and even more so he was going to take all of our sins, the sins of the world upon himself, which, of course, he never had done that before. He'd never sinned. Right. And right. to take it to the worst degree, he was going to be separated from his father. Now, none of us even could comprehend what that's like because Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit are all one. They're one, but but somehow after that cruci- during the crucifixion, Jesus felt like he was separated from God. The, theologians have argued about what does that exactly mean, but what we do right. know is that Jesus was so stressed, so agonized, so he had so much intensity that while he was praying, while he was talking to his daddy, he, he was sweating blood. You know, blood's coming out of his pores, his heart's imploding. But, but what John was saying was then what Jesus says after saying, God, I don't want to do this. Please don't make me. Is there any other way? As all of us would, right? So we can relate to Jesus on, on that level. Then he says, but, you know, the, the biggest but in the history of the world, but not my will, but yours be done. And quite honestly, if Jesus yeah. didn't say that and then do it, there would be no Easter there would be no resurrection. There'd be no hope. We wouldn't be here talking, right? We wouldn't be talking. And so he went to the garden. He waltzed into the garden, right? Yes. He waltzed in the garden. He went by himself. He brought his friends with him who didn't catch it. He was alone. You know, he, he's over there in pain, in trauma, right? In turmoil, sweating like drops of blood. He comes around and sees his friends that he needs. He needs friends right now. And they're sleeping. They fell asleep. He's like, right. could you not stay That's awake? Sweet. Could you not hang out with me? And you guys yeah. need to be ready for what's about to happen because he knows he's about to be betrayed in front of them, you know, and then he goes back away and he waltzes into the garden by himself and he has this communication with God, right? And yeah. God ministers to him there. The Bible actually says that an angel came and ministered to him. And I think either that's where he got the strength to say, God, I will do what you want me to do. If you take this away from me, but if you don't, I want to do what you want to do. He either got the energy before the angel either ministered to him and he said that, or he said that. And then when he said that the angel came and ministered to him, I don't know the order, but I do know that he went waltzing into the garden. Yeah. Thursday. That's where the victory happened. That's what gave him the strength to go through the torture that he went through. And if you've ever seen the passion of the Christ by Mel Gibson, I mean, it shows you just a small glimpse of what he went through. It was just when you, st- I studied it, right. I'm sure you've studied it too. All the things that he went through, Unbelievable. the, the sweat, the drops of blood, the, the six to nine inch. Nail. The cat of nine. Yeah. Right. Cat of nine. I mean, I mean, that, that would be a whole other podcast. We could do several podcasts just on all the stuff that he went through. Right. And he went through that for me, yeah. but he didn't go through it for me so that I could be down and have an Easter hangover. He didn't go through me so I would be a, a hollow inside. He went through that for me so that I would be happy, so that I would be full of life. The Bible even says that that God came, Jesus came, that we would have life to the max. Yeah, to the max. I mean, that we would have a happy life, that we would have the mojo, right? That we would be full of life. And the answer to the Easter hangover, in my opinion, is you got to waltz yourself into the garden with God. You got to find that spot with God. And it doesn't have to be out in the woods somewhere. 
when God made Adam and Eve, he waltzed in, the, in their garden. He created the Garden of Eden and he waltzed in that garden. They, they walked through the garden together. They talked. It was all about being in communication. They ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They broke the, the, the one that they, they committed the sin that they weren't supposed to commit. They had to get kicked out of the garden, but they still have the garden of their life that God still to this day wants to show up and he wants to waltz with us yeah. in the garden. Yeah, and there's so many rich things here. We could go so many places I could go with this uh, with you. Steve. Right, right. But it's not, just, it's not just communication. It is communication, but it's really the better word for that is communion, which I love the fact that that's the word because communion is what we celebrate when we celebrate the Last Supper. God doesn't just want to communicate with us, which, of course, he can do. And sometimes we hear him, sometimes we don't. If he wanted us to hear him, he certainly would. But what God, God even takes it to another level, what God really wants and for us, not just not that, like it's not that guilt trip. It's not the demands in us. What's wrong with you? It's like what he's offering to us is communion, which is a much deeper yeah. than just communication. It is communication. It's intimacy. It's deep it's friendship. Intimacy, right? yeah. yeah it, it's sharing of life, the good, the bad, the ugly, the highs, the parties, yeah. the hangovers, the, you know, all of that. That's but it's being friends together. He says in John 15, 15, he looks at all of his friends. He looks at me and says, listen, I no longer call you servants. I want to call you friends. And that's what he's offering. He's offering communion, which is an intimacy, which is a, it's a best buddy kind of friendship. It's a, it's a husband and spouse kind of friendship. Uh, it's, it's this, this closest. And you know what it is? It's dancing with him. Yeah. It's waltzing with him. When you dance, that's an intimate thing. You get close to somebody. Yeah. To dance, yeah, you know, you know what, a, what a picture as you're describing this. This whole dance is it's just it's a rich metaphor, and I think it, we can apply this in so many ways. But immediately in my mind's eye, I went to that the dance at a wedding, but not between the bride and the groom, but between the bride and her dad. Right? I mean, yeah, the I bride and the groom part. dance is awesome, but that there's yeah. something absolutely transcendent about that dance between. I the cry dad every and time. I cry every time <laughs> at that point. I mean, all you have to do is watch Steve Martin's, uh, what was his movie, Father of the Bride. But every wedding I've been to, and I've, and I've conducted many weddings as a minister, that's that's like, I got to get the right position. I want to be in the best seat of the house when I get to see the daughter and the daddy dancing. And I'm thinking, it's a limited picture, but it is a picture of what you're talking about, that God wants communion with us so that we can come close to him, right? And we can follow his footsteps and we can learn how to... How to get through whatever it is we're getting through? It's just it's just a rich metaphor. The problem for me is I don't know how to waltz. Right. I can't waltz. I can't dance. Right. You know, I dance like an old man. Right? I, I when I dance, I'm terrible. Right? I I I, I don't know how to waltz. <laughs> My kids are always like, no, no, Dad, no, just no. Yeah, just no, don't do Dad, it. just step no. off the dance floor. <laughs> no. right? right? But right. you know, I think there's people out there that are like, yeah, that that sounds easy, and I want you to know what is easy. This is something that Joe and I have been doing for decades. I mean, I've had this kind of a friendship with God for the longest time. And really, I just, that's what I want to talk about today. It's not that hard. We just, when you don't know how to dance, Joe, what do you do when you don't know how to dance? You just flail. Yeah. You know, you just, you just do your own thing, right? You, you just, what you do is you turn yourself into a, a public nerd, which is probably why a lot of people have the real hangover because of the alcohol, because without the alcohol, they could never do that. But I love the song that says that, you know, and that it encourages us to dance as if nobody's watching, right? Right. Dance, sing right. as if nobody's listening. But when you do that, you're kind of you're kind of a nerd if you haven't had lessons, if you yeah. haven't been taught what dancing is really all about. Really, what you got to do is you just got to get on the floor. You just got to start doing it. 
Like, God, I want a friendship with you. I want communion with you. I, I want I want you to waltz in the garden of my life with me. You know, I remember when I was a youth pastor, we had this incredible jazz band at the high school. And I had this huge swing dance in my church. And I invited the band from my high school to play the music. So it was live. I mean, I'm yeah. telling you, it was amazing. It was like a 70-piece band. And But beforehand, I knew that a lot of my kids didn't know how to dance, didn't know how to, you know, swing dance. So I brought in an instructor. And for the first hour, we played music in the background. And she taught us how to do the waltz. And then when the swing dance, when the band came and played live, then we kind of knew enough moves to just to just go but even when it comes to dancing you kind of learn enough how to do it but then when it comes to dance there's no like religion says here's how you do it here then you do it here then you do it here then but when it comes to dancing you just you kind of know some of the moves but then you just let it go you just go with the flow you follow your heart right you follow your impulses yeah so i love the jazz metaphor you mentioned jazz i'm a trumpeter i mean jazz it speaks my language on on so many levels but the one thing about jazz that some people may or may not know is that jazz has a structure. There's a chord progression. Everybody has a thing to play until you get to what's called a vamp, V-A-M-P, a vamp. And in, in the music, there's like, there's a repeat sign on one end of the vamp and a repeat on the other. And in the middle, there's no notes. There's no, especially for the soloist, right? So the band kind of keeps the rhythm going and they scale way back. And then the trumpeter or the solo or whoever it is during the vamp, they just riff. They just go off on whatever, wherever the music leads and whatever they're playing. Now, 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 it's really important to understand you can't play anything there because if you don't know what you're doing, it's going to suck. It's going to sound terrible. And you have to follow the chord structure loosely, right? Yes, right. So, but if you do know the scales and you do know the music theory and you have enough skill, then you can interpret the song according to how it really fits and how it resembles you and you can create something special in the structure that's been created. And I, I really love that metaphor at so many levels, but I think that's that's what God's saying. He's saying, I'm going to teach you the way, the commandments as we were talking about, but I'm also going to give you the freedom to interpret it into your own life. Now, I can't do whatever I want because if I do, it's going to suck. But if I follow the rules that were given to me by God, who knows better than anything else what's best for me and wants me to be free, as you mentioned, then I can make beautiful music. And it's not going to look like anybody else's. It's not even going to look the same twice from the same musician. It's going to be just a beautiful creation in the structure that God has, has allowed. Perfect. Perfect. I could have said it better. You, you, you dance. You just dance. Allow God to dance in your life. Dance with God. Allow him to dance in the garden of your life, right? And just kind of go with the flow. Tell God how you are. You, but you got to get close to someone to dance with them. You yep. got to get close to them to dance with them. And that's all God really wants to do. God wants to waltz in the garden of our life, right? So he did it in the Garden of Eden. And then he did it in the Garden of Gethsemane. And now he wants to do it in the garden of our life. What got him through Easter and his pre-Easter hangover, so to speak, you know, it says he was so sorrowful. It was like crushing him to death. But he went to the garden and he waltzed. He waltzed into the garden to hang out with God. And when we invite God in the garden of our lives, it's just simple. God, come into the garden of my life. God, I want to include you in my life. I want to be your friend, not just your servant anymore. I want to dance with you. And so I don't want life to feel hollow. God will fill your life. He'll fill it with love. He'll fill it with peace. He'll fill it with joy. He'll fill it with happy. He'll fill it with confidence. He'll fill it with self-control. He'll fill it with mercy and grace and all things good. 
On the other hand, you bite into that ear and you expect it to be hollow, and all of a sudden you got all these Reese's pieces inside of it. You're like double bonus, and that's what God is saying. He wants to take the hollowness of our life. Life can get real hollow sometimes. We can feel empty inside, but God wants to fill that up with him and his fruit, and his fruit is goodness, kindness, meekness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. You know, he, that's who God is. In his presence is fullness of happy. Fullness of happy. I love that. He wants to fill us with the happy. So if you're going through the Easter hangover today, you're going through the, you're feeling hollow inside. Listen, man, just allow God to come into the garden of your life and waltz with him. Waltz into the, the garden of his life. Waltz into God's garden and say, God, here's how I'm feeling. Invite him into the garden of your life and to dance with you. You know, to go back to the the wedding dances that we've mentioned with the bride and her daddy. Um, I, I'm sure you've been to weddings where the people that are the dancing is with the bride and groom have their first dance and they're just swaying and they're just, they've never really taken a lesson and they're, it's a nice moment. But then you've been to the weddings where the bride and the groom took lessons all the way leading up to that moment. And all of a sudden when the music starts, they're moving and they're grooving and they're tangoing and up and down and around. And the whole place is just stunned. You're in awe, like, wow, I had no idea you could do that. And quite honestly, the bride and groom didn't even know they could do that until they learned it, right? And I'm thinking, right. oh, man, this is right. rich. This is rich because there's so much inside of us, so much independence and rebellion, and some people call it sin, that says, I want to do it my way. But the truth is, if I'm always doing it my way, I'm never going to get beyond looking like a nerd. I'm just going to be swaying back and forth, right? And yes, it's still dancing, and, and God wants us to dance with joy. But I love the word fullness, he said. Uh, God wants us to have the fullness of happy, the fullness of joy. Well, the fullness is when you go from just doing it my way, which is okay, to understanding the structure, understanding the, the chords, understanding why the music's the way it is, taking the dance lessons so that when the moment comes, you're prepared and you're stunning. You're remarkable. You're, you get people's attention. They go, oh, my gosh, that's just it's amazing. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a creation. And that's what God has for us. He, like I said, he's not judging us because we're not doing it. He's saying, yes, but I've got so much more. Come with me. I'll teach you how. Come close. Yeah. I'll whisper. You know, I'll comfort you. And then we'll dance together. I, I love that metaphor. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, I love that whole illustration because when you're dancing, you're dancing with somebody. When you invite God to waltz in the garden of your life, you're dancing with God. That's the whole point that God wants. He wants to be a friend. He wants to do it with us. But sometimes there's people on the dance floor that are just dancing all by themselves. Yep. And that's a dance, but it's not the dance we're talking about. We're talking about it, you know, the dance. When you're dancing with somebody, you kind of go off of each other. You feed off of each other, and that's what God wants to do. God wants to feed off of your life, and he wants you to feed off of his life and his thoughts. And I, I, and then I'd also say this too, the other thought that you said, when the dad and the daughter would practice and they do the thing and they stun everybody, but sometimes when the dad, he's not a very good dancer and you can tell, but when he holds his daughter and they dance and all he knows how to do is sway back and forth, sometimes that means even more because the dad doesn't know how to dance. He's stepping out there. And sometimes we don't necessarily know how to dance this life with God, but you don't have to know how. You just have to sway. You have to do it with him, though. You're dancing with him. You're moving with him. And that, my friend, is what fills the hollow chocolate bunny. Yeah. That, my friend, is what turns the, the waltzing in the garden is what turns us into. It's pop day, y'all. Got to change that, too. Happy, happy, so thanks everybody for 
for joining us. We hope that helps. Thanks, Joe. We appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Remember, life is a perfect, but it can be happy. Steve Ace.